Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode seven of the Homeschool High School podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am your host, Sabrina Justison, here with my co-host, Vicki, and today we have some of the other sisters at Seven Sisters uh, with us in the studio to talk about some things that they have a special heart for. So we also welcome Kim and Marilyn. And we're going to enjoy discussing the idea of service with you today. So uh, we met this morning for some prayer time. That is one of the very wonderful things about being a part of Seven Sisters as a business is that we're working together to produce curriculum that's going to be good for homeschoolers. But we also are sisters and we pray together and we get the chance to pray for concerns in our personal lives and our families. But we also pray for all of you. And we want you to know that that's not an empty thing. We really, truly gather around one of our dining room tables and we pray. So when there are things that are concerning you, if you ever want to, shoot us an email um, to info at sevensistershomeschool.com. You can reach us there and we would be privileged to pray for the things that concern you as well. Now sometimes our prayer meetings get off to a silly start because much of what we do is a little bit silly too. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. And if you have listened to, I believe it was episode one, we introduced to you our troubles with autocorrect on texting and with voice recognition software glitches. And you met John and Mary Taters. And if you don't know who they are, you, you really want to meet John and Mary Taters because they're wonderful. And you can meet them in episode one. So this morning we were gathered and Kim was running a couple minutes late. As she, usual. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> and so she shot us a text, shot us a text, saying that she would be a little late because she was helping with a shot and run. And I don't know who she shot. <laughs> and why she ran. Well, maybe if she shot someone, she should have run. I, I don't know. <laughs> what, what was that all about, I, Kim? I, I really don't shoot people. Shoot them glances, maybe, occasionally when my kids need them, but... Uh, yeah, I saw what I thought was, was possibly a hit-and-run accident and uh, helped a couple other folks stopped as well, and we uh, tried to stop traffic on a rather uh, quickly-moving road where people were not very inclined to stop but rather to get to work on time and uh, helped push the car off to the other side of the road and just make sure she was all right. So I, I am, in fact, innocent. I did not shoot anyone. <laughs> Neither did John and Mary Taters That's this time. right. That's right. Very good. Well, it sounds like a lovely example of service that you extended to a fellow motorist on the road. So it's a perfect segue. So let's talk a little bit about service in the high school years for homeschoolers and why this matters on a transcript. Now, typically we think of transcripts as earning credits and mastering Algebra 2 and showing lab sciences and being an academic rock star. So, Vicki, who has the most years of academic advising, um, explain, please, what does service have to do with a high school transcript? Yeah, just don't know me. We've got the ongoing expert here in transcripts because Marilyn is still the advisor at our local umbrella school, and so maybe the two of us can brainstorm on that. But uh, one, one of the things kids need on their transcript is to show that they're not just sitting in the basement for you know, 12 years of education. And service shows community-mindedness and the willingness to be part of a culture. And so our local homeschool 
kids tend to get a lot of service on their transcripts. The public schools around here require like 25 hours, right? Most of it them? varies according to schools. So, it, uh, you know, you'll see kids scrambling in their senior year, you know, from the local schools going like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do for a service? But part of our culture, you know, raising our kids, most of them in, in Christian families, is a, a heart for serving the Lord and serving other people. And we really want to cultivate that and capture hours on the transcript to show the richness of their experience. We also want the colleges to know that when the student arrives on campus, they will become involved in their community there. And that is very important to colleges. They really want to see that. So what kinds of things count as service? I mean, is just cleaning your room count as service? <laughs> <laughs> service to their mom. <laughs> but by our definition here, service is something that is done for someone outside your immediate family. The only time we might make exceptions to the immediate family rule would be if there was a crisis happening within that family. But generally, washing the dishes for your mother is just considered part of living in the household, not service hours. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> washing dishes for your mother. Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. We're not speaking to the students, are we? No, sorry. Yeah. If there are any students listening, please take that to heart. But... All right, so let's let's brainstorm, ladies. What are some of the service things that our many kids have been involved in over the years that we saw to be really great for the transcript, but also great for their hearts and for building character in them? My children have done a variety of service, um, including local service, such as being on the youth praise band, helping with VBS, helping in the nursery or Sunday school, going to the local operation care lift to package up food and anything else that was being packaged to send overseas as well as overseas missions trips to places like Peru and Costa Rica and Mexico. So Marilyn when your kids did these overseas missions trips where did that come from? I mean did you just put together you know they, they didn't just go to Costa Rica by themselves like how do you find organizations to pursue that kind of thing? For my children, our church sponsors every other year a high school missions trip, and they did theirs mostly with our own local youth group. Um, my daughter did go to Mexico with another church's youth group one summer. So those were organized trips with people that I trusted and felt very comfortable to have them traveling along with. Very good. Right. Mm -hmm. Kim, you've, you've, had, you've had kids do international missions too. Where yep. have you had people go? Yeah, my son has done international missions in uh, Puerto Rico. He's been to Mexico a few times and is heading back there a couple times this summer. And um, he also said one of his most um, inspirational international missions trips was actually when he went to Chicago. He used his Spanish the most in Chicago. All right. um, and then, uh, then my daughters have also done more local-based kinds of missions. Um, they did some of the food packing things that Marilyn mentioned as well, and they still could tell you the song they made up while they were mixing beans and rice and whatever. <laughs> um, and they've also helped out with local um, church-sponsored sports camps. They did like a local church soccer camp, and then they did a, uh, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they've helped out with some ice hockey programs. Very good. Yeah, I had a daughter who went on a missions trip with Brio, which is a 
huge, huge group, and they had a whole bunch of teams going a whole bunch of places at once, and their team primarily did um, a combination of hair washing in the streets for folks that didn't have the opportunity to do that. Got lots of girls with long hair, but living on the street. And so they would set up hair washing stations and they would wash their hair. And then they went into the schools and did drama presentations. And Becca played a tree. She wasn't a real big fan of her part in the drama, but <laughs> you know, she was a tree and that was good. It was part of the story. It was the Garden of Eden. They needed trees, I suppose. <laughs> but so that was a part of a really large and Marilyn, you mentioned you sent your kids with people that you knew and trusted. Sure did. <laughs> I honestly, looking back, although Becca's group was excellent and they did take care of things, as a mama, I wish that I had gone with a group locally where I knew the people. It was very odd to just send her off with total strangers. And um, so, yeah, so looking back, if, if you're a mom who tends to worry a little bit and you're going to send your kid overseas for the first time, it might be better to work with a local church where you actually know some of the adults going on the trip. Because um, that, in, in hindsight, I wish I had done that a little differently. But if you're an adventurous mom and your kid is adventurous, find any one of the national organizations too. On, on that note, one of the neat benefits for me when my kids went on international missions was I developed some uh, long-standing friendships by connecting with the other moms who were all wanting to be concerned about and praying about our kids who were going away for the first time. Very good. So let's talk about the mom piece of it because that's, that's happened locally too. Some really fond memories for a lot of us moms were heading up some of these service projects, getting kids together. Um, a couple of the local moms took a group of our kids for a week-long they stayed at a campground in a cabin, and they went every day to the GAIN Global Aid something network. The network. Yeah. yeah. And they packed food, and they sorted through donated clothing and packed clothing boxes and found, um, you know, shoe, found pairs of shoes in boxes and such and worked in the warehouse. But then they came back to the campground every night, and they had time together, and it was, it was a lot of, of fun bonding stuff for the moms as well. So... When we get our kids involved in service, we're cultivating character in them. At the same time, we're acting out on what is in our hearts. And that role modeling is as much um, a blessing to us as it is then an example to our kids. So Marilyn is going to share a little bit with us. She has a particular heart for a particular type of service, and she has an opportunity coming up very soon. And we wanted all of our podcast listeners to know about it and join in celebrating it and also pray for her and for this this uh, ministry. So Marilyn, tell us what you're doing. So in a few weeks, I will be in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil on my third Johnny and Friends Wheels for the World missions trip. I have done two previous trips to Lima, Peru. And as many of you are aware, I am sure, who have read the Johnny book, Johnny Erickson Tata became a quadriplegic when she was 17 years old through a diving accident in the Chesapeake Bay. Since then, through her experiences, she became very involved in disabilities ministries and began an organization called Johnny and Friends. One of the arms of Johnny and Friends is Wheels for the World, where donated wheelchairs are refurbished in various prisons across the United States 
shipped to a third world country where um, mobility devices are very difficult to to get or at least pretty much out of the range of the average person to afford. Um, so teams of people that include seating specialists who are physical therapists or occupational therapists, um, mechanics, and by mechanics it means you know how to use a screwdriver and a wrench, <laughs> and probably enjoy power tools, but that's another story. Um, and support personnel work with the local people to not only hand them a wheelchair, but to adjust this wheelchair to fit them maximally for whatever the disability is that they are dealing with. Along with the wheelchair, the walker, or the crutches or canes that people receive, they also receive a Bible, a Johnny book, and they are presented with the gospel. And very often, the attention and the idea that someone came and cared about them enough to do this opens the hearts of the patient and their family to receiving the gospel. We actually see many people come to Christ during that week. That is so neat. They, they are presented with the gospel, and they're presented with the gospel long before they are verbally presented with the gospel because you guys bring it with yourselves and your wheelchairs and your screwdrivers okay. and power tools. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so when you have gone before, where have you gone? I've been to Lima, Peru twice, okay. um, different areas in Lima, the two times I went. The first time we were in two different areas, and the last time we stayed all in one place. And then this one will be to Brazil. So I thought homeschool moms just stayed home, schooling, <laughs> right? Exactly. So how on in earth? the basement <laughs> with, our with, with our children. Yes. Not these homeschool moms. So <laughs> how on earth did you get involved doing Wheels for the World? Although I homeschooled for, I guess, about 25 years, when my youngest was reaching, he was actually a senior the first time I went, I was just feeling compelled to go on a missions trip. And since I was a physical therapist in my former life and still have my <laughs> license, um, that seemed like just just a perfect um, match for me that I could be doing something that not everybody is equipped to do in a setting that just was optimum for for my skills and my time and the vision I have for bringing these kinds of things to the disabled in various third world countries. So think about that, ladies, because I, I think it's so amazing. Our kids often see us as moms. When we homeschool them, they also see us as teacher. But when Marilyn goes with Wheels for the World, her kids see her as a trained and gifted physical therapist with a heart for people with disabilities and a desire to take the gospel to places where people may not. That That's a whole lot more than just mom and teacher that is being modeled for our kids. And that's, that's um, what, are, what are some of the, we've known lots of people with a unique gifting or a unique set of training that they've received in the past. Vicki's a counselor. She's mentioned that on the podcast before. And um, her unique skill set as a counselor has been something else that has challenged 
all the kids in our community in a different way than just, oh, she's a mom and she's a homeschooler. So those, those other pieces, what are, what are you, Kim? <laughs> well, my kids just love the idea that I was a lactation consultant. And <laughs> it, for the longest time, it was very embarrassing. And, oh, mom, can we please take that off our answering machine? <laughs> and I can't believe there's a breast pump in our living room. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we have transferred our lives. And now my son came home from school one day from college and said, Mom, can you help my teacher? I went into her office to meet with her, and she had a breast pump on her desk, and I said, I know what that's for. And <laughs> she's having trouble with her milk supply. Can you help her? And, um, and now I've had the blessing of being able to help some of my children's friends and their siblings and things like that. Um, and so they're seeing it in a whole different light. Isn't that cool? There's, like, all these other pieces to us because we're... We're people, and we're children of God, and he's got callings on our lives. Part of that calling, if you're listening to this podcast, is probably homeschooling your children. But um, we would love to encourage anyone who's listening to go after all those things that God's put in your heart, because that's a huge part of homeschooling your kids, too, is to let them see those, those, um, those special things that he places in each of us uniquely. The tough part about when we do service and the gifts that God has given us and are faithful with that, and we're modeling that for our kids, is we can't put it on our transcript. <laughs> we can't log any hours for all the things, but our kids can. Yeah, that's right. So like our, our kids, when they go on the missions trips, usually our, our umbrella school has given them like 40 hours of service time for a week. Isn't that right? depending on what they're doing. And yeah. and there are lots of opportunities to do this as a family as well. Mm. I mean, everything from buying a gift for the Angel Tree Project or packing Operation Carelift boxes to send to third world countries as a family to being involved in some kind of a camp or other ministry along with your kids. You don't have to even wait till they're in high school to do some of those things. Yeah. Yeah, we used to go to our local church that had a program with the food bank. And so initially the the organizers who were used to big burly strong adults said, "Oh, I don't know really if there's a place for the kids." And then one day there was a tremendous shortage of adults and they decided, "Oh, well, we'll try the kids." And after that, every month, they were happy to have the kids and the adults, and it was a wonderful intergenerational mm-hmm. mission. We have, just within our own family, set aside that, that um, at family gatherings sometimes, we assemble supplies for hygiene kits for the local homeless shelter. And we eat good food together, and we watch football together, but we also have the long table set up with the stations, and everybody grabs a Ziploc baggie and goes around and stuffs the shampoo and the razor and the deodorant and the tissues and the toothbrush in there. And um, those, those very easy-to-do things become very powerful in character formation when then your kids are getting a little older and they're now beginning to really see the impact of homelessness and the impact of, of the desperation that that brings to people's lives. And, and so they may not entirely get it when they're 7 or 10 or 12, but when you model these things, when you involve them in it, and as they're coming into high school, then when you require it and you capture it on the transcript, they begin to realize just how important a life of service is. And that also 
is appealing to college admissions officers. So you are doing something academically for their homeschooling at the same time. And, uh, and you're creating a community member that's going to really give back. Beautiful stuff. Well, Marilyn mentioned, this is time for shameless product promotion. Now, Marilyn mentioned Johnny, Johnny Erickson Tata. And one of the resources that you can find on the sevensistershomeschool.com website in the literature guide section is a literature study guide to accompany Johnny's original book. Uh, it was first just called Johnny, and then it was republished um, under the title Johnny, An Unforgettable Story. Either one, the content is the same. So if you find an old copy somewhere on your shelf or on Amazon, that's okay. It's the same book. But we have found this to be a very highly inspirational and challenging story to kids in our own homes and in our community. As Marilyn mentioned, when Johnny was 17 years old, she was in a diving accident in the Chesapeake Bay. She broke her neck, and she has been a quadriplegic, confined to a wheelchair with very, very limited use of, of even her shoulder muscles since that time. And she also is an accomplished artist who draws and paints with the artistic implement held in her mouth. And she has created amazing works of art over decades. God has given her a really unique platform for sharing the gospel, both with words and, as we talked about with Marilyn's missions trip, with simply serving in love those who are in need of help with physical disability. And reading Johnny's story... Um, we found to be really powerful for a lot of our teens. So if you're looking for something to do in your literature program that is maybe a little different, it's maybe not one of the things that is typically on the American Classics list or the World Lit list, look for something a little different and give Johnny a try. And we would love for you to uh, accompany that with the study guide that has questions that help kids dig below the surface of just what happened next and instead think about the, um, the underlying themes and the ways that they can apply that to their own lives. We also have a collection of study guides to accompany works by great Christian writers that will be released early summer 2016. We are almost ready to do that. And there will be nine titles in that bundle, which would be enough to, um, to give you a framework for a year of high school literature learning. My youngest son did that bundle of literature guides and books in his ninth grade year, I think, and it was his favorite lit class of all time. It's definitely a reading material that will get your kids thinking and asking questions of themselves, of their peers. Um, if they like to talk to you, they'll ask questions of you too but really, really thought-provoking, wonderful material. So great Christian writers. Literature will be available in just a few weeks, summer 2016. All right, so as we wrap things up, we would just like to thank you for being with us today. We would love to hear what service projects you and your teens have been involved in. And we love seeing feedback from you and, and getting to sort of sneak into your homeschools a little bit too and be a fly on the wall. So feel free to leave comments on our page at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. You can also um, visit our Facebook page for this podcast. Great places to share ideas so that we can all help each other with service project ideas. So much better when we brainstorm together mm -hmm. and when we learn from each other's experiences. 
We would appreciate it greatly if you would pop by iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, give us some stars, something like that, because that helps get the word out to other homeschoolers that this podcast exists. Mm -hmm. And so if it's something that is an encouragement or a help to you, a really simple way to share it with others is to just uh, visit iTunes and give us a, a little shout out there. And if you have never signed up for our email list, just visit our homepage, scroll down to the bottom, and pop your email in there. We never spam. We don't even fill up your inbox with tons and tons of emails. What we send out is typically special offers available only to folks who are on the email list um, for discounted products, sometimes freebies that only go out to email subscribers. And then also value added. Um, one of the things that went out recently was um, a, a, a how-to for reluctant research paper writers. And we sent that out and just made sure that everyone on our email list got that in case they were beating their heads against the wall with research writing in their home. And there was nothing um, promoted there except a little sanity and peace of mind for your research writing exper experiences. So how do people sign up for the newsletter? Well, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Simply stop by our website, sevensistershomeschool.com. And on our home page, if you scroll down to the bottom, you will see a lovely window that says, enter your email here to subscribe. And you can click the button and that's it. It's easy. Indeed. And again, please do share your ideas with us. There's a Facebook page for the podcast and there's also just a Seven Sisters Homeschool um, Facebook page as well. And we love to share ideas about making homeschooling high school exciting, effective, fun, community-oriented, all of those things. So help us make it awesome by sharing your stories as well. We appreciate you joining us today and look forward to next time. This was the Homeschool High School podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Bye.